0: Visit OpenBibleNJ.org for more information. Thanks again for joining us today. Now enjoy the service.
1: Aren't you glad God is holy, pure and holy, merciful, and His Majesty is above anything we could think about even really and and ask or think or request we make known unto God, But because we have a big God and a great God. Take your Bible, if you would, and turn to the New Testament. It might be better for you to take your Bible and turn all the way to the back of the Bible, and then you'll find yourself in Second Peter, if you would. And if you need a Bible, you're welcome to use the Bible there in the pew in front of you. At this time of the service, we're going to look to the Lord for what God has for us in the message from His Word, and I pray it will be an encouragement to you. God has been working on my heart in this matter that I'm going to share with you today. And I pray that it'll be a help to you, and encouragement. I'm thankful for the opportunity, and it is quite the privilege to be able to open up the Word of God. One, isn't it great to have the Word of God? It's a wonderful thing. It's the greatest book we could ever have, and it's a privilege to have the Word of God. And we have it, and so uh, I hope you find yourself there. Turn to Second Peter. Second Peter, we're going to look at chapter 3 in just a moment here, but I also am thankful for the privilege that has been given by our pastor for me to be able to speak today. And I'm praying for him and the services there at Bible Baptist, and you're praying for the services here as well as he is praying for the services here. We're thankful for that, and we thank God that we can worship together. 2 Peter 3, 2 Peter 3, I'm going to read some verses here, and I'm going to stop and just kind of explain a little bit, and then read a few more verses, and then stop and explain a little bit more, and and then we'll find ourselves um, in prayer, and then we'll look to what God has for us for the rest of the time together. But 2 Peter 3, verse 1, it says this, This second epistle, and what this epistle is written for, and two, is the Beloved. This second epistle, Beloved, I now write unto you, in both which I stir up your pure minds by way of remembrance. It says that ye be mindful of the words which were spoken before by the holy prophets and of the commandment of us, the apostles of the Lord and Savior, Look what it says that we should know first. Knowing this first, that there shall come in the last days scoffers walking after their own lust and saying, and saying, notice what they say. By the way, when we read this verse, it's as if Peter is writing, living in our present day. Living in our present day. And and this is for us to take as well because he just didn't write this epistle for them. It's for us. And we'll see that in in a... um, a couple of moments here, even uses those words "us" in this passage and in this uh, book, Second Peter. But it says life seems for some people to just go on. You know, have you heard this? Well, it is what it is. What does that mean? And some people think that that's what it's just the way it is and the way it will be. And. And it's just going to go on, and as long as I'm living in this earth, and as long as it continues, that while I'm here alive, and well, that's okay, and, and it doesn't really matter. And, and they, there's even people that think that God does not intervene in human history. Well, notice what verse 4, 5, down through 7 says. They say, where's the promise, verse 4, of His coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of the creation. For this they willing are, are ignorant of they are willing are ignorant of that by the word of God the heavens were of old and the earth standing out of the water and in the water whereby the world that then was being overflowed with water perished but the heavens and the earth which are now by the same word are kept in store reserved unto fire against the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men God has the answer doesn't he by his word And by the same word, they're kept in store. Notice verse 8, who this is written to. Peter says, I'm writing, but beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing, that one day is with the Lord as a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day. And I love verse 9. It says, the Lord is not slack concerning His promise. As some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward." it gets better. Not willing that any should perish but that all should come to repentance. The day of the Lord is going to come as a thief in the night in which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise and the elements shall melt with fervent heat the earth also and the works that are therein shall be burned up seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved what manner of persons ought ye to be? in all holy conversation and godliness. This is the way it should be. For those of us who call ourselves Christians, I want to speak to you today on being full on Jesus. Full on Jesus. Let's pray, shall we? Lord God, I pray that you will help me to only be a vessel. And Lord, I pray the Holy Spirit would empty me of self and fill me with power from... On high, and Lord, I pray that you would be very evident, very present with us. I thank you that your word is present with us, that you are present with us, and that God's people are here today. For the, those or even one that does not know you as their Heavenly Father, I pray that before the service is over today, they would come to know you as their personal Savior. Lord God, I pray that you'd bind distractions even right now. Lord, allow the devil not to take even a step in at all with things that are going on. Lord, I know the devil doesn't want this message preached. And I pray it's all about you. And Lord, I pray this morning as we leave, that we will leave more impacted of what you want us to do and more saying, what a Savior, than anything that we receive. Because I pray that, Lord, this morning we will truly grow in the things of God. I ask you for this for myself, that I might not be a castaway, but that I myself would take heed to what is written and what is given from this passage. Please help it to encourage the one who is discouraged the most, and I pray that it will challenge us and change us, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, do you desire to be full? You know that full feeling? You know that full feeling when you go and eat something? And man, I'm just stuffed. And you know that overfilled feeling <laughs> and when, man, I ate too much? Can I say this? If you've ever had that full feeling that, man, I'm full, the desire of my heart today and desire, I believe, of any true Christian is that we be full on Jesus. And I want you to think about how we can be full on Jesus. It is possible. And you can notice this with me, would you please, in chapter 1 of 2 Peter, verse 8, it says this, and it goes just as much the opposite of what we're reading here. So we notice that we can be full. We can be productive. And full and productive in verse 8, it says this, He that lacketh these things is blind. I'm sorry, I read verse 9. I, I need to read verse 8. Let's, let's, let's try that again. Verse 8, thank you for paying attention. Those of you who noticed that we're in verse 8. Verse 8, for if these things be in you and abound, they make you that ye shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Not be barren means you're full, right? To be fruitful means you're not unfruitful. This talks about being unfruitful and and barren, and and so we can see that even we can get to know Jesus better and better each day. And by the way, Jesus never runs dry. And you'll always have more available when you're looking to Jesus, because as you see in verse 8, it says, We are unfruitful and and barren if we're not in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. It it pays to get to know God. It's worth it to get to know God. And we need to get to know God. And this is written for verse 1. It says this, it's written for us. Simon Peter, a servant and an apostle of Jesus Christ, to them that have obtained like precious faith with us, through the righteousness of God, our Savior, Jesus Christ, Man, I'm I'm so thankful that I've obtained like precious faith. I'm so thankful that the Lord is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. I'm so thankful that faith is precious. And I hope and trust that you believe that your faith is precious. By the way, what you think is precious is valuable. If I may say this, it's priceless. And it's for all who believe. When you think it's precious, you take care of it. Something you think is precious, you want to add to it. Precious means it values beyond a calculation. It's almost as if you can't put a number on it. That's my faith, that's your faith, and available for all of us and, and to those who believe and to those who have come to know the righteousness of God through Jesus Christ only. Recently, my wife, she we were in vacation in Florida and she recently um, went to the place where her ring was made there in Florida and she got it cleaned and when she came out of that store it's as if she had just gotten that ring again. She looked down at it and was continuing to look down on it and I guess the, the sun was just catching it just right ladies right? And, 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 and it was just, just major glare and, and it's not a huge diamond because of who gave it to her I, I, I focus more on the value than of the bigness
0: <laughs>
1: of it and the quality, but you know what, I, all that matters to me is that it matters to her. And the value is, is priceless to her because of who gave it to her. Thank God it's me and I'm thankful for her and that ring matters more to her because of who gave it to her. But precious faith is because of who gave it to us and where it came from. Notice in verse 1 it says it, it came through the righteousness of God and our Savior Jesus Christ. I'm so thankful we don't have to get cleaned up before we get to God. Let me say that again. I'm so thankful we don't have to get cleaned up, suit and all this kind of stuff, before we come to God. No, we come to God and then God gets us cleaned up. I'm so thankful that He does the work and His righteousness, and I'm so thankful for that. And you don't have to get cleaned up before coming to Him. He'll clean you up. And we come to Him, you find He's your Savior. Savior, one who brings salvation. Savior, One who saves us from our sins. I'm thankful He forgives us. And those who trust in Him, you're forgiven. You're forgiven. I mean, think about that. Just dwell on that for a moment. We are forgiven and accepted as one of His own. I'm, I'm God's child, and you're God's child, and we're a brother and sister in Christ, and you're a son and daughter in the heavenly family, the spiritual family. It's the greatest family you can ever be in. And if you don't know Jesus Christ, it's worth getting to know Him. There's a song that says, I'm adopted, hallelujah, I've got a new song. I'm adopted, hallelujah, I finally belong. I've got a brand new family overflowing with love. I'm a child of my Father above. Hey, my my Father chose me. He loves me and I know it and He'll be with me wherever I go. I don't have to worry. I've joined royalty. I'm a member of the King's family. Precious faith comes through the precious blood of Christ. Take it in Bible, if you would, and turn back a couple pages to 1 Peter. Peter liked this word precious because it, it meant something to him. And he used this word precious throughout the scripture and especially 1 and 2 Peter. 1 Peter 1, verse 18, it says this. He uses that word precious again to something that he sees very much valuable and, and Christ's work meant a whole lot to him. It should mean a whole lot to us. Verse 18, 1 Peter 1, it says, For as much as you know that you were not redeemed with corruptible things, as silver and gold from your vain conversation you received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious, there's that word precious, blood of Christ, as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. You know where this comes from? It comes from a precious Savior. Look at chapter 2, verse 6. Chapter 2, verse 6 of 1 Peter. Wherefore also it is contained in the Scripture, Behold, I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone, elect, precious. And he that believeth on him shall not be confounded. Unto you, therefore, which believe, he is precious. Is he precious? To you, I hope he is. He can become more and more precious to you, the more we get to know him. But unto them which be disobedient, the stone which the builders disallow, the same is made the head of the corner. Precious Savior, precious blood, precious faith is precious. I'm so glad God loves us and doesn't keep record of our wrongs. And, and by the way, true grace doesn't keep score. True grace does not keep score. If we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If anyone knew this truth, it's Simon Peter. 2 Peter verse 1, it says, Simon Peter. It's as if he has two names. Yes, he does. He has Simon a name before Christ, and he has Peter a name after Christ that God had given to him. It's as if Simon was given the the name at birth, which he was, and Peter a name at birth, which is a birth with Christ, and after Christ, which meant rock, which meant strength. Simon, weakness. Peter, strength. Simon, not known for what we're reading not known for what was written. Peter, known for what was written. Peter, known for what we're reading. There's been a great change since he's been born again. And it's it's great, and it's so great that Peter knew it was great, and he experienced Christ in such a marvelous, magnificent way. He says, hey, precious faith, hey, precious blood, hey, precious Savior, and it's precious to me and to you, and it should be precious to all of us. Because notice, please, verse 1, and maybe you want to underline this, it says, precious faith with us. And then verse 3, it says this, according as His divine power hath given unto us... All things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of Him that hath called us to glory and virtue. Have you come to know this precious faith? It's wonderful. It's magnificent. It's indescribable. It is not something attainable. It is something given by faith, trust, and belief in Christ And then notice what happens though as well in verse 2. It says, grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. I want to ask you this morning, are are you continuing to know and grow in your grace and peace? Is it being multiplied to you? Is grace and peace evident in your life? Well, it is if you're coming and continuing and striving and going after And really, really going for it as almost as if you're gonna run the race that you may obtain? Because you're going after Jesus and a knowledge of Him. It says, a knowledge of Him, verse 3. It says, a knowledge of God, verse 2. In verse 8, it says, a knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. To know Him is to love Him. To truly know Christ is to grow older and more mature with Him. How is this done? It's through the knowledge of Him. It's, it's through His... Another precious... Here we go. You ready? Another precious that comes into play. Verse 4. Whereby are given to us exceeding great and precious promises. Precious. Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. Know this first in verse 20. Know this, though. You've got you to know this verse in verse 20. That no prophecy of the Scripture... No prophecy of the Scriptures of any private interpretation. No, the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. In other words, what the biblical author Peter is saying, he means it. What God used in the way of Peter writing this, God means it. And what God says, he means. And it's written to who? It's written to us. And the Bible never contradicts itself. By the way, can I just give you just a little thing that that I'm I'm continuing to to learn and continuing to grow and trying to really grow in, in my faith with this. If I get caught up on one verse in the Bible and there's 499 other verses that talk about that one, also about the same thing, I would do well to not focus on that one verse but focus on the 499 other verses. And the 499 other verses eventually are going to reveal to me that one verse. And so that that one verse is going to, maybe it stands out to me, maybe I like it, maybe it's my favorite. But if there's 499 other verses, the Bible never contradicts itself. And I'm to compare Scripture with Scripture. And so if God is going to tell me 499 other times, and not just one time, but but also that one time, and then the the 499 other times, guess what happens? That 500 verses, it it all comes together after I read the 499 other verses, but not if I just stay on that one verse i got to be careful with what the word of God says and means and and God says it, he believes it, and what he says he means, and it means what he says all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable is the word of God profitable to you and to I not everything in this world is profitable, have you found that out to be true, it's not all profitable, but you can bank on the word of God you can bank on Scripture being profitable. I have a question for you this morning: Is the Word of God being profitable? Is it being profitable? And I want to ask you: How you doing? How you doing? Say, I get asked that all the time. I mean, I, I got hit up with that in the foyer this morning, and you got hit up in the foyer this morning. And we asked, "Hey, how you doing?" But let me ask you another question: How well are you doing? Yeah. Boy, just a change of that makes a big difference. Not just how you're doing. And, you know, those, sometimes the people you ask, you oh, well, I wish I would never asked. And then other times it's, man, I'm so glad I did ask. And, and then sometimes you, you hope that nobody asked you, right? Because you're living in that, in that life. And so here's the thing. It's not how you're doing, but how well you're doing. Notice, please, in verse 19, 2 Peter, verse 19, verse 19 of chapter 1, 2 Peter 1, 19. We have also a more sure word of prophecy, whereunto ye do well that you take heed. I want to ask you, how well are you doing? It's almost as if, are you doing well? Are you doing well to take heed to the Word of God? Because you know, you have a choice to take heed to the Word of God, to the message from the messenger, from the, from the message from the Word of God, from the message from the connection group class, from the message from maybe it's a school chapel for, for those of you that are still in school, or whatever, wherever it might be that the message is coming to you from the Word of God, are you doing well to take heed? It is a choice. You can hear something but not really listen. You can, you, can, you can see something and you can be here and check it off the list but not really get something to take with you for this week. And I want something for me for tomorrow and I'm not here just for today. I want, I want to go for the future of my life and guess what? God's Word, all things are profitable. And God has given me things that I'm going to take heed. Am I going to do well? I've got to take heed. See, belief is just the beginning. To know God is the journey of our faith. It's the walk of our faith. And it's one thing to believe in Him Praise God for that. It's a totally another thing to get to know God. Man, I want to get to know God. And it ain't just going to be because I, 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 I'm passionate about what I'm saying. No, i got to work at it. i got to put some effort into it. i got to put some diligence into it. Matter of fact, that word diligence, you find it throughout this whole passage of Scripture, making a maximum effort. I mean running it, and not just running a little jog. But I mean, getting passed up because I'm going. No, I don't want to get passed up. No, I want to keep on. I want to go diligent myself, and I want to run as fast as I can run, and a maximum effort to be full on Jesus. Number one, you got to get to know Him. You got to get to know Him. Verse four. Verse four. I hope you're with me this morning. Second Peter one verse, or Second Peter chapter one verse four, whereby are given to us exceeding great and precious promises. Why are they given? Well, that by these you might be partakers. Sounds like I can be a part of something. Partakers of the divine nature. Having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. I'm so thankful to escape the corruption that is in the world through lust, but i got to be a partaker of the divine nature. My youngest, Kate, and I, we got to enjoy some snorkeling time. And we snorkeled. And how many of you have ever been snorkeling? Now there's I'm sure true snorkeling, I'm looking true snorkeling with the real snorkel gear, and then there's the Walmart snorkeling gear, right? And so, as you can imagine, I used the Walmart snorkeling gear because I was with my daughter, and my daughter was using the Walmart snorkeling gear, and we, we, were, we were doing some intense snorkeling with this, with this gear, and we were seeing some incredible things, but we probably would see some more incredible things if we had some more professional gear on, right, the, the real snorkeling gear, and not the, the cheap knockoff, right, but we still saw some things, and what we did see is we started to realize that there's a nature under the water, and there's a nature above water, and there's, there's some nature underwater, and, and boy, to see some of those things take place, and, and my daughter saw, I think maybe one of the first times she's probably seen it, schools of fish, and if you've seen that, it's just incredible to be right there in their world, that underworld and see the schools of fish. I mean, hundreds, thousands of, of fish swim by you and you're right there with them and, and they, they see you and they kind of disperse around you. You know, it's, it's neat, but the thing of it is they're in their environment. And so that was great when it's a small little fish, but then when I saw the barracuda, <laughs> then I got to start thinking, I don't know how, how comfortable I feel with this. And if I saw a shark then I wouldn't be very comfortable at all. Matter of fact, forget the snorkeling gear, and I'm probably getting out as best as I can to get out of there. Because now I'm in His his nature, His territory, His world. And by nature, it determines their appetite. Did you hear that? By nature, it determines their appetite. The Bible says we're partakers of the divine nature. Of a divine nature. It should determine my appetite. And so my appetite... So. So Wednesday, I literally pulled up into this parking lot here and there's a hawk sitting on the roof out here and I saw him literally grab a bird out of midair and grab that bird. I thought, wow, that's incredible. I'm glad I'm not that bird. That just grabbed it out of midair because by nature, he's got an appetite and he's waiting around for just the right time to snag that bird. We've been given a nature. A divine nature is God within us. And it should prove an appetite. And the appetite should be pure and holy. And our behavior should be one like the Father, the divine. Our our nature, the divine nature, ought to place ourselves in spiritual environments. That way, what I'm grabbing hold of and snagging hold of like that hawk grabbed that bird, and boy, there was no chance for that bird at all. Poor bird. Right? But the thing of it is, appetite environment spiritual environment and particular of divine nature i'm going to be feeding on the word of god and that's divine a divine nature is not going to have interest in the garbage of the world and divine nature is going to be at work and notice what happens please when it's at work and if it's not at work verse nine if it's not at work it says this verse nine he that lacketh these things is blind Well, you think you can see but you're short-sighted you can't see very well you're blind cannot see afar off. Why? Because you've forgotten that you were purged from your old sins. That's why. You know why we don't get to know God? Because we really have forgotten the joy of our salvation. Amen. We've, as Revelation talks about, we've left our first love. You know why we don't get to know God? A diligence and a maximum effort. Can you imagine, can you imagine with me if Someone saw God in our life so much that they said they must really know God because God is so evident and God shows in their life. Hey, for this to be happening, it's got to be grace and peace multiplied through the Lord Jesus Christ, and, and peace follows grace. It's like they're twin sisters. Grace increases, peace increases. Peace in the storms of life it's as a result of grace It's multiplied. That means there's more good available to me. That means there's something that I can partake in. That means I can get to know God. It's going to take my effort is through the knowledge of God. And grace and peace. I'm not going to be barren. Grace comes through greater knowledge of God and and getting to know God. I'm not not going to be barren or unfruitful. I'm I'm not going to be blind. I'm I'm, I'm, I'm not just forgotten about what God has done. I'm going to remember that God saved me, He loves me, He cares for me, and He's still taking care of me today, and it's going to take some effort on my part to get to know Him. And God gives His children all that we need. But spiritual growth is going to take place as if the farmer goes out into the field and he says, I don't need this machinery, I don't need these tools, I'm just going to expect a crop to come up. It doesn't happen. Right? God, you're, you're supposed to give me rain, and, I'm going to, and then you start to blame God. God, you're not giving me crop. Well, pick up the tool. Well, get in the combine. Do the work. Put the effort in that God wants. Because you want to taste and see the Lord is good? You've got to taste and see it. You mean I could taste it? Yeah. You mean I could see it? Yeah, if you want to. Diligence and, and knowing, you, knowing God and, and only true God. Jeremiah 9, 23. Listen to this, please. Jeremiah 9, 23 says this. Thus saith the Lord, let not the wise man glory in his wisdom... Neither let the mighty man glory in his might, let not the rich man glory in his riches, but let him that glorieth glory in this, that he understandeth and knoweth me, that I am the Lord, which exercise loving kindness, judgment, righteousness in the earth. For in these things I delight, saith the Lord. All oh, getting to know God is going to take diligence. It's going to take discipline you know it's a common thing that we say man they seem to know everybody or, or that person they, 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 they just seem to go wherever they go they just always know someone you know the greatest person we can truly get to know on this world and in this earth is still Jesus Christ it's Jesus Christ he's the greatest one in this world that we can get to know and you'll never be disappointed with him hey do you know him today please don't turn him away Know this, you and I can know about God and yet still not really have a knowledge of God at all. Recently, I sat in a car with my brother-in-law and I was thankful to sit in his car. I wish I was able to be in the driver's seat because he was driving a Tesla. And I sat there in the passenger seat wishing I could be in the driver's seat. But we pulled up a map and, and he pulled it up and he said, this is where Tiger Woods lives. This is where Bob Hope lives this is where Michael Jordan lives look at this big huge mansion look at this big place look at that Look at that. and, and on and on the list went of these, pl- of these places where people lived and you know I could say yeah, oh I know who Tiger Woods is oh yeah I know who Michael Jordan is oh yeah I know who Bob Hope is and, and I know who the owner of Dick's Sporting Goods is and, and on and on the list went but I don't know them they don't really know me I could say I know them and I can say, I've seen, I've seen you know that one play and I've seen this one do this and, and, I, and, I, and I've been to their Dick's Sporting Goods store and they, they're the owner of that and all the, all the stores they must have. Wow, that's what got, got them that. Yeah, I can say, man, yeah, I know who that is, but I don't really know them. I don't really know them. And this is why Paul says that I may know Him and the power of His resurrection and the fellowship of His sufferings because that's getting to know God. Romans 8.29, for whom He did foreknow, He also did predestinate to conformed to the image of His Son, O to know Him. See, Christianity is a person, Jesus Christ. Christ is more than to be believed, He's to be known, it's a step further. For in Him we live and move and have our being, Acts 17.28, isn't that a great verse? Acts 17, 28, can you say in him I live and move and have my being? Prophet Daniel said this, the people that do know their God, the people that do know their God shall be strong and do exploits. What's exploits? That's doing great things, choosing of something greater. The people who know their God will stand firm and take action. You know what the exploits is? It's Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. That's what an exploit is. That's when they were willing to obey God rather than men. So you want to do something for God, you've got to get to know God first. You know, it's like a waitress when she's serving. If she doesn't know the owner once, she's not going to be able to please the owner. Most likely, she might not be able to even keep the job or, or not do the job very well or, or not do the job well enough because they, she's got to get to know the owner. Well, the Bible says this, that we are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. See, Christ can be experienced because He says, I'm crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. He can be experienced. He can be enjoyed, but I rejoice in the Lord greatly. He can be expanded, but speaking the truth in love may grow up into Him in all things, which is the head of even Christ." He can be magnified. Psalm 40, verse 16, Let all those that seek thee rejoice and be glad in thee, and let such as love thy salvation say continually, Let God be magnified. And I tell you, church and dear one this morning, God wants to be magnified in your life and my life. He wants to be magnified. And we can be full on Jesus, an ambassador for Christ. And, and Peter says this in verse 12. Notice, please. He says, this is so important. Verse twelve. Wherefore I will not be negligent to put you always in remembrance of these things, that ye know them and be established in the present truth. What are you talking about? Knowledge of God. Verse two. Verse three. Knowledge of Him. Verse five. Knowledge. Verse eight. Knowledge. So that why? Why not? Why know Him? So that secondly, we can show Him. This is it. You, you, this is about as simple as it gets here's my two points, know him and show him and the reason I want it to be so simple is so that all of us this morning could go away from here this afternoon and just think on this, I'm going to know him and I want to show him, I want to know him and I want to show him, I want to know him I want to show him, so it's almost as if it's vertical horizontal vertical know him, horizontal I'm going to show him know, but, but to show him I got to know him And and I'm not going to really show Him if I don't know Him, and so I better work on knowing Him before I can ever try to show Him. Because in 1 John 2, 4, it says, He that saith, I know Him, and keepeth not His commandments is a liar, and the truth is not in Him. Elizabeth Elliot said, Theological truth is useless unless it is obeyed. There's an urgency to this. Chapter 3, verse 12, it says, Looking for and hasting unto the coming of the day of God wherein the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. Nevertheless, we, 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 according to His promise, look for new heavens and a new earth, wherein dwelleth righteousness. Wherefore, beloved, seeing that ye look for such things, be diligent, that ye may be found of Him in peace, in peace without spot and blameless. Why? Because verse 18 but grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To Him be glory both now and forever. How long? Well, now? Forever. Growing in grace. Grace. God's riches at Christ's expense. Riches given to us. I wonder, have we shown grace to other people? It's not just riches tangible, although that would be wonderful, wouldn't it? But it's spiritual riches. Riches. Showing grace in spiritual ways. Being truly interested and connected. Showing Jesus. Can I ask you, what if, what if God decided to stop leading us tomorrow because we didn't follow Him today? What if God couldn't take the time to bless us today because we didn't take time to thank Him yesterday? What if we never saw another flower bloom or another plant flourish Because we grumbled about God sending the rain? What if God didn't walk with us today because we failed to recognize it as His day? What if God took away the Bible tomorrow because we didn't read it today? What if God took away His message because we failed to listen to the messengers? What if God didn't send His only begotten Son because He wanted us to pay the price? Can you imagine? Oh my, the worst thing that could ever be. What if the door of the church was closed because we did not open the door of our heart? What if God stopped loving and caring for us because we failed to love and care for other people? What if God would not hear us tomorrow because we're not willing to listen to Him today? What if God answered our prayers the way we answer His call to service? Or not answer? What if God met our needs according to what we have done for Him? I'm so glad that God does not work like that. And it's because of His grace. His grace is sufficient. And yet He wants something from us still. Verse 14, that we be found of Him in peace without spot and blameless. And how is this going to happen? We have to back up to chapter 1 and look down through some things here. And they're not just things to be in our life, but they're to abound. They're to abound. Verse 8, would you notice please, it says, For if these things be in you and abound... Abound is tipping point. It's heavier on one side. It exists in abundance. It's an increase. It's filled up with the virtues in such a way they're so evident and they they, they are are obvious and they're there and their action of adding to it and abounding is getting heavier and more emphasis and it's weight being placed. It's almost as if the scale goes down on this side because of these virtues are evident in my life and your life and they're to be there. Back when I was growing up, before we get into this few things we'll see there's seven things kind of like a report card in chapter one of verse five through seven back when I was growing up in Tennessee you know the south they have all these myths and legends and all these different things that come up and one of the things that the guys would talk about as I was growing up was cow tipping and it's about like snipe hunting and if you know what those are you know you know they're 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 a tease and so you're, you're, to get, you're to get not just by yourself. You're to go at nighttime and you're to go in the dark and you're to try to catch a cow sleeping. A cow doesn't stand up sleeping. They don't sleep by standing up. But if you're going to believe this, then, then you, you, you kind of go in with the gullableness of, I'm going, to, I'm going to go cow tipping. Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah, that sounds great. Let's do it. And you got to dress in black so you can sneak up on the cows at night time. And then you're going to go and you're going to tip this cow. And you need two or three guys because one guy's going to listen to this. One guy's going to stand on the, on the other side where we're going to tip the cow to. And, and hopefully and you need to move real fast. So as we tip the cow, the cow doesn't tip on top of you as if this is going to happen. It doesn't happen. It's a myth and a legend. I have yet to see any pictures of it take place because it's something that is very extremely hard to do. One, the cow's not asleep, so they're not sleeping, standing up. Two, if you were to go and and say you're a 160-pound guy and to go push on that cow, that cow is going to push back with that weight that he's got. And his weight's a lot more heavier than that 160-pound that you have. And so it just doesn't work. Why? Because the cow is shifting that weight over to one side and making sure, hey, I'm going to put up a fight. And you better be careful it's not a steer because you might want to get out of, out of there. You better be careful nothing happens like that. But it's more imagination than it was for real. It was a hypothetical thing. It all talk really. It never went on. It never happened. And it, how could it? Because the cows are huge and the, the cows are not going to put up with that. And they're very alert and awake to what's going on, actually, when you come up on, if you try trying to come up on one of them. They know you're there before you um, are, are there. So, you're to abound. What? What is abound? Abound is, is putting that weight on these things and, and shifting that weight over and emphasis and, and putting that there and being full on Jesus is not going to be barren. So, how do I abound? Well, I abound in these things in verse 5. Would you notice then please with me? Verse 5, it says... And beside this, giving all diligence, so we're going to put heaviness on these things. Besides this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, and to virtue knowledge, and to knowledge temperance, and to temperance patience, and to patience godliness, and to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness charity. And if these things be in you, and abound, heaviness emphasis making effort for it. That's why Paul. That's, excuse me. That's why Peter uses. The word diligence over and over again. Maximum effort to this. So add to your faith virtue. Virtue is excellence brought to how you're living for God. It's a full effect. The result, it's an effect of what, how God has affected you. Knowledge is the pursuit of truth of God's Word. It's a diligent study. To live it, you've got to be in it. And then not just be in it, but let it become in you. Temperance. It's self-control. It's holding oneself in. It's not losing attitude or spirit. It's how you treat other people. It's your passions and desires being controlled. I, to do that, I've got I to not live in the flesh. i got to walk in the spirit. I've got to mortify. i got to kill it. In other words, it's almost as if John 3.30 says, He must increase, I must decrease. Patience, perseverance in what's doing right. And that's what's right, and behaving ourselves wisely in a perfect way, and, and not deeming what's right on my own, but deeming what's right based upon God's Word. Godliness, what is that? Is to live reverently and to be loyal to God, Is to be obedient to the Word of God, it's, it's to see God as the true person as He really is, not a made-up imaginary figment of my imagination, and that must be what God is like. No, God, what He really says He is, and what He what He says He did and will continue to do, and the prophecies will come true, every one of them. Brotherly kindness. It's the word deference. And that's a great word for Christians. Goes into love. Charity. Add to brotherly kindness charity. Charity above all those things have charity. Kindly affectionate one to another with brotherly love. Someone said this about this list, that the world can even do some of these. The world can do some of these. But they definitely cannot do all of them. And they definitely were not doing them with Christ. And so when you bring Christ into the picture, that's what makes all the difference. Getting to know God. Being diligent about it. And it's like the tools. They're they're used. And then the man, when they're used, it works. And God delights in using believers who are advancing in these virtues in their Christian life. And here's the thing. Don't drink from stagnant water. Why? Because it's still. It's gross. It's nasty. Hey, if it's water that's moving and it's flowing, you'll stand a better chance in drinking of that stagnant water. Because it's doing something. Something's advancing about it. This is what God is saying. God is saying, advance in these virtues. Don't be still about them. Be, Be productive, be fruitful, and be full. I used to have a a little Nissan Altima, and maybe some of you remember that, but it was a car that I, I really had a hard time with because the gas gauge did not work very well. And that gas gauge would always say the same thing, whether I put gas in it or not. And so I always wondered, is it full, is it not full? Matter of fact, one time on the way to church, I, I got stuck out here in New Brooklyn. I thought, oh, this is great. Now, everybody that comes by for church this morning is going to see Brother Tyler sitting on the side of the road with, with the, not, not gas, and his car broke down because I had no idea whether it was full or not. My gauge said something, but it wasn't what was in the tank. Hey, I could drive. Hey, I had the car. I I have the steering wheel, I have transmission, I have all the parts, I have the motor, I have everything that's needed, All all the vehicle looks great, but I'm on the side of the road, it doesn't look so good. And why? Because it's not full with the gas. I have everything I need except for the gas to put in it to go forward. And these things are not just to be in us. They're to abound. And they're going to get you going. And they're going to get you going forward with Christ. And to Christ be in you. And to Christ show up. And, and to show Christ if you do these things. Notice what happens. This is wonderful. Verse 10. Wherefore the rather brethren give diligence to make your calling and election sure. If you do these things, ye shall never fall. Wow. Really? Never fall? That means I'm not going to stumble around in my doubting, in my fear. I'm going to be assured of what I've been given because I've not, for, not forgotten how God has purged me from my old sins. And so I'm full on Jesus and His salvation and what He's done for me. It gets better. Verse 11, For so an entrance shall be ministered unto you abundantly, abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. You're going to enjoy assurance in the present And rich reward in the future. It's almost as Revelation 22 says, And behold, I come quickly, and my reward is with me, to give every man according as his work shall be. Look what happens, verse 8. You're full and productive. Look at verse 9. You're, you're not short sighted then if you're going after these things and you're making them abound and you're going diligent with them and you're going to have these virtues in your life. It means you haven't forgotten the old sins. It means you're going to be ministered to abundantly and it means that, it's, that really you can have the rich reward of heaven and, and the future of what God has for you and, and your works are going to be rewarded. It sounds like fruit is going to abound to your account and, and something's going to take place because you've been productive on this earth. You've been productive today and you're full with Jesus. And you're full on Jesus because I want to get to know Him and then I'm going to show Him. And I can't show Him unless I know Him. And God, I want to work on getting to know You better and better each and every day. It's going to take getting in the Word of God to get a knowledge of God and His precious faith, His precious promises, His precious blood, His precious Savior, and it's precious to me and it's precious to you. And so God, help us because in Peter, He says, Hey, I'm trying to tell you about this before I die. By the way, none of us know when that time's going to come. We're not promised tomorrow. And Peter already knew that he was going to face crucifixion. And he really crucified like Christ, except the cross was flipped upside down. And so he he was coming to this time in his life, and he says in verse 15, Moreover, I will endeavor that ye may be able after my decease to have these things always in remembrance. Why? Because verse 17, He received from God the Father... Honor and glory. When there came such a voice to Him from the excellent glory, this is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. Do you realize today that one day it is possible, it is reachable to hear those words, well done, thou good and faithful servant. But it's going to take somebody who's doing well taking heed the Word of God, the precious promises. It's going to take somebody who's getting to know God to be able to show God with their life. And grace and peace is going to be multiplied unto them. It's going to be diligence. It's not Not everybody's going to do it. It's going to take maximum effort. And it's, it's going to really take some knowledge of, of Him, so much so that, man, I just want to show Christ with my life, and so grace and peace coming out of my life, and these virtues are coming out of my life, and brotherly kindness and temperance and patience and, and charity and giving diligence to, to virtue and, and to my faith is being added to, and, it, and something's taking place in God, because you're worth it. You're worthy of it. You gave it to me, and I've not forgotten. Matter of fact, Peter's saying, remember, I'm trying to just put the remembrance as if this is the biggest post-it note I can give you. Remember this. These things be in you. And if they abound, man, what God can do. Never fall. Minister it abundantly. You want to be full on Jesus. I hope today that I've done what chapter 3, verse 1 says, that I just stirred you up a little bit. The pure minds by way of remembrance. And that chapter 3, verse 2, that you do this. This is my prayer that you be mindful of the words which were spoken. Let's pray. Dear Lord God, I pray that we be mindful of the words that have been spoken. Or someone else could have maybe spoken them better, but Lord, the Word of God is what's ultimately not going to return void, and is what's speaking. I pray we put everything else aside And ask ourselves right now, dear God, how can each one of us personally be better in these areas so that we can abound, we can be fruitful, productive with our life, be full on Jesus? Dear God, I'm reminded that our identity is tied into whatever we give our heart to. So Lord God, I pray we'll give our full heart to you, God. I pray right now, anyone does not know you as their personal Savior not no oh, heaven is their home that they would put their trust in you we ask you for this in jesus name amen
0: thanks again for watching us online today if you haven't done so already please fill out a digital connection card so we know how to better serve you this week for encouragement throughout your week you could listen to past sermons by searching Open Bible Baptist Church on the Apple Podcasts or Google Play Store. If you'd like to give today, you could give online at openbiblenj.org. Thanks again for joining us today. We'll see you on the next broadcast.